Welcome, everyone. Wow, that was really bland. I sound like I'm a news reporter. Anyways, welcome to the first edition of our newest podcast on the block, Q&A. He's Quincy, and I'm AB. And on here, we're going to take some of the best questions in the sports world and give you a taste of how we see it. Q, what do we got planned for today? Well, today's show, we will discuss college football, the NFL, and the NBA. So let's not waste any more time and get it started. Uh, first topic of the day is uh, coming from our campus gridiron section. First question is, what is your first impression on the college football semifinals? All right, so for starters, we got Bama at the one seed taking on the four seed Cincinnati. The Bearcats already making history, being the first group of five team to make the playoffs. And the Crimson Tide just looking to repeat and continue to be Bama. Right, of course. And on the other side, we have the uh, Big Ten champs, Michigan, versus the Wounded Dogs off their first loss of the season. Uh, more importantly, you know, we want to focus on can John Arbaugh go from hot seat to national championship game or will the dogs bounce back and look for a chance at revenge? Uh, we'll talk more about this in the weeks to come. But um, my first impressions on it, though, I, I actually, I want, I, I am 100% rooting for Cincinnati. I don't want it to sugarcoat it at all. There is no confusion. I am rooting for Cincinnati. I am glad they got in. I want them to win. Um, I think that they actually will have an interesting game, like you said. We'll cover that more as we get closer to it. And then on the other side, I Michigan versus Georgia. I think that's going to be one heck of a, a stylistic matchup. Heck of a game. Um, I love it. I love it. That's where I'm just going to leave it at right now. No, yeah, for sure. No, I'm definitely excited as well. I think my biggest exciting, you know, point that I'm looking for is uh, definitely looking for that rematch between Bama and Georgia. I want to see if either Georgia can right the ship even with the injuries and try to see if they can get their revenge or is Bama just going to continue to be Bama like you said and go ahead and get another championship under their belt. I just want to say I'm not looking forward to that rematch. <laughs> I'm already in the SEC. I've seen it once. I don't want to see it again. <laughs> As an unbiased person, I am all for it. Let's make it happen. Um, but before we switch topics, let's look at the non-playoff matchups in uh, the college football. What's your favorite bowl game? Uh, for me, I, I like the idea of uh, what Notre Dame and Oklahoma State could bring. Um, between them two, you know, Notre Dame coming out just losing and missing the playoffs this time, uh, this time around, amidst also losing their uh, head coach to LSU. You know, it's a really big chance for them to make a case for why they should be in the playoffs, of course, even though Cincinnati definitely earned their spot for sure, uh, being that that's their only loss on the season. Um, but it's also, uh, more importantly, a case for them to show their new coach, um, Marcus Freeman, why they are as good as they are and try to continue that greatness under his uh, tutelage as well. Um, I actually think that's a real interesting matchup as well. I want to talk about a game that's technically on the FCS level, but the HBCU National Championship between South Carolina State and Jackson State. Um, Jackson State coming in at 11-1, and led by Prime Tom Giddness, Coach of the Year Award in the SWAC. His son is leading the offensive attack, has thrown for over 3,000 yards, 29 passing touchdowns, only six interceptions. Mm. I mean, for, for a freshman, that's just ridiculous. Absolutely. Um, South Carolina State, though, they, they are no punks. They were able to win the MEAC, and um, they're coming in. Their offensive numbers are not pretty. Their record isn't pretty compared to Jackson State. Six and five, playing 11 and one. But this is, this is a team that, that found a way to get in. And they're going to be led by their star on the offensive end, Saquon Davis. He's first team all MEAC. He has, he's averaging almost an astounding 
twenty yards per catch. Um, six hundred and fifty-two yards on the year, five touchdowns for Davis. Um, this will be a real interesting matchup between uh, Shadir San uh, Sanders and uh, Dakobe Durant, Defensive Player of the Year for South Carolina State um, in the MIAC. Defensive back, he had five, uh, three picks on the season, five, 15 pass breakups in total. Um, definitely a dangerous DB, so we're going to see how they'll be able to attack him in the pass game. Justin Houston will be a name to watch for Jackson State. Uh, he was the newcomer of the year, has 14 and a half sacks. Uh, Quincy mm. can't underestimate that. That means he's averaging slightly more than a sack a game. I think it's safe to put him down for a sack this game. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, but that, that's the most interesting matchup to me. And it's going to be a great bowl season. We'll touch on more of those games as we go along and as they get closer. Also, too, want to give a shout-out to Navy. They beat Army. Um, oh, Navy, man. Big upset. Big upset. And that was the most bet-on college football game in the sportsbook history for most casinos mm-hmm. as a report was coming out. So yeah. clearly a lot of people were invested in it, maybe not all for the right reasons. No, absolutely. <laughs> I lost my money on that one. So, <laughs> But let's take a quick break and come back with a new topic. Um, the next segment is brought to you by nobody because we have no sponsors. If you are interested in sponsoring Q&A, please contact us on social media or via email. Please. Social media for me <laughs> is at ABNOCs. Social media, Instagram is at Q underscore tip, T-I-P 22. All right, please. If you want your brand to be sponsored, just hit us up. Please. All right. <laughs> All right. We're moving right along. Uh, we're getting out of crunch time here in the NFL. Just four games left to go. Uh, first question from this weekend is simple. Who had the more important win, the Rams or the Browns? For me, it was the Rams. Uh, I think the Rams had the more important win because they had to they had to stop the bleeding against the good teams, and especially for Matthew Stafford. He had, a, he had a really good day, 287 yards passing, three touchdowns. And then it's also good because... OBJ was a factor. He was a factor, and now people actually have to worry about him, and he was a different part of the offense, something that we haven't seen out of him in what feels like forever. Yeah. Um, it was just six catches for 77 yards compared to Cooper Cup's 13 for 123, mm-hmm. but he caught a touchdown, and it felt like whenever he touched the ball, he was electric. It felt like the old OBJ. Right. Um, the other part, too, for it is the defense, um, Aaron Donald. That defense was decimated. You find out last minute that Jalen Ramsey's not playing, so you're like, oh, that's a big hit. Then Aaron Donald's like, never mind. I'll just get three sacks, completely wreck the whole day, and just be the monster that I am. Um, the other part that I think is important about it, too, is now they put some worry into the Arizona Cardinals. They went into Arizona, and you forced Kyler Murray to have a, I would say, a, a alright game. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't great, though. Two interceptions, um, one in the red zone. And then one out of, on his first drive out the half. Uh, no touchdowns for Kyler. That seemed pretty weird. They couldn't get a run game going outside of Kyler Murray scrambling a little bit. And James Conner looked good, but he just didn't get a lot of touches. It felt like uh, an awkward game for Arizona and a game that I think the Rams could probably repeat a few times and something that they could build off of. Uh, what about you? Well, to me, I definitely think the uh, the Browns had a very important win um, on their end of things. I know even though the Ravens lost Lamar Jackson early in the game, 
Um, that's a huge hit for them on top of the myriad of injuries they already have. Um, like that word? Yeah, the SAT vocab. Always got to pull it out when you need it. But uh, without Lamar Jackson, your MVP quarterback, I mean, that, that definitely makes the game a lot more difficult, or you so you would think, um, with the way he's been playing all season. But even though we, we didn't have a Lamar Jackson-led offense, Tyler Huntley came in and actually, you know, really carried the load here. And, you know, 270 yards, no interceptions, a touchdown on the game. So, I mean, it's almost like there was not really any, any drop-off in the offense on the Baltimore side, uh, ending up putting up 22 points anyway. So, at the end of the day... Even without Lamar Jackson, you got to think they'll still be competitive. But what makes it even more important, though, is the fact that the Browns still found a way to get the job done, get the win uh, behind Baker Mayfield throwing for 190 and two touchdowns. Um, really just shows that there is resilience with this team. Even with all the drama, all the ins and outs of people talking about, you know, the whole OBJ situation and Baker, is he good enough? Is he not good enough? You know, even amongst all that, you know, they still find ways to disregard it, get these wins, and remain competitive. And uh, definitely looks like they're potentially in the running for securing a playoff spot here. So definitely hope in the next you know few weeks we can see how that looks. But yeah, I definitely think that was it was definitely big for them for sure. I agree with you in the sense of the matter of fact. I think that win was more important for their playoff hopes. I don't think if the Rams lost that they'd be worried about not making the playoffs, but I think that win was more okay. important for them trying to hit what their goals are of for being sure. Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, um, especially coming off of last year. You know, making the playoffs for the first time and however long it was, it's just, you know, that's already a step forward, but now, you know, the expectations are higher. Once you get there, you know, what do you do? Do you get to the conference championship? Do you make Super Bowl? You know, so those questions still have to be answered, but definitely a good step, you know, getting to that point. All right, so we'll move on to the next question couple of really good games we're going to talk about here but after a 26 to 23 overtime loss the Bengals are 7 and 6 and the Bills fell to 7 and 6 after 27 33 overtime loss do you think either one or both of these teams make the playoffs and who is the most concerning to you I think ultimately they do both make the playoffs now my concern is if one of the teams is not going to it most likely will be the Bengals and um don't don't get it twisted. The Bengals are a great team offensively, for sure. Defense at times has been great, other times not so much. But overall, with you know being led in the running game with Joe Mixon, who's an absolute dog, we know this. You know, have up over a thousand yards rushing already. Uh, Jamar Chase has proven to be a legitimate uh, wide receiver one in this league. You know, for the foreseeable future. You know, also tallying up over a thousand yards at this point as well. I mean, they're a legitimate, you know, offensive force. Now, the question really comes into play. It's the little things. You know, they are an inexperienced team. Mm -hmm. Their biggest issue last week mainly was, I would say, Darius Phillips with the two muff punts that ended up leading to ten points. Mm -hmm. When you only lose the game by three, you gotta think. You know, if that doesn't happen, we're probably winning this game especially winning it in regulation, everybody goes home happy. So it's hard to say whether or not, you know, uh, ultimately they'll be able to kind of right the ship and get things together the way we saw early in the season. But I think between the two, I definitely see them both making the playoffs. But if one or the other does miss, it'll most likely be the Bengals. Um, I actually, I want to go on the limb and say that I think the Bengals don't make the playoffs. 
Um, my biggest reason for that, I think, is their schedule. They got four tough games left. It's only four games left, but they play four playoff teams. Whereas the Bills, they play one playoff team and another team fighting to get in the playoffs. That's fair. So that I think fair. I think they're a little safer when it talk about getting in the playoffs. But I am more concerned for the Bills mm-hmm. because the Bills were this team coming into the season that was supposed to be the Super Bowl favorite, supposed to take that next step forward. Mm-hmm. And while I don't think Josh Allen has taken a step back, I think the offense has taken a step back because they rely on him too much. Um, first off, I want to say I think they're safe into the playoffs because their next four games are Carolina Panthers this week, New England, Atlanta, and then the Jets. They should win three of those four, and they gave New England everything they could handle on an ugly night. I think on pretty weather, it'll be a really interesting game. So they should be able to get in, but they have to prove something to not only themselves, but to the, the rest of the league if they want to be the Super Bowl contenders that they were supposed to be at the start of the year. And it's that defensively they can make a play. They, they've struggled so far in, these, in this little stretch they've gone where they win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, and they just so happen to lose two games in a row because their defense doesn't make big plays. They don't get sacks. They're in the bottom of the league in sacks. The fifth worst in getting sacks. Run defense really isn't that bad, but they don't get a lot of turnovers. And when you're a team that doesn't get a lot of turnovers, it, it, it gets really hard when you get later into the season against the good teams because they're going to get yardage on you and they'll kick field goals or they'll get in the red zone and they'll, and they'll score on you. And then that takes you to the biggest problem, I think. The biggest problem with this team right now is not Josh Allen, but the fact that the organization has fallen in love with Josh Allen. How much, you say? They ran the ball zero times in the first half. You can't do that. I mean, how in a game against another playoff team you run the ball zero times on the road. Absolutely. And they got two good running backs. That's terrible. You have two good running backs. And you don't run the ball a single time in the first half. That's their biggest problem right now. They just rely so much on Josh Allen. And even in the game, they didn't start handing the ball off a bunch of times in the second half. Partially because they had dug themselves a big hole. But Josh Allen took off. He finished the game with 12 carries for 109 yards. Now, he also left in a boot. That's why you have running backs that can, that, can, that, can, that can do it. And I think Josh Allen, I think he'll play this week. I think he'll be a little sore. He might not run as much. But you gotta. I'm concerned for them because if they make the playoffs, they're not going to last long if they don't run the ball. For sure. Because you can't just rely on Josh Allen's arm and Stephon Diggs' feet to, to win you these playoff games, especially in some of the cold weather they're going to have to travel to. So... Quick question then. So as far as that's concerned, do you blame that more on coaching or is that more so just the way the offense is run? I, I think it's coaching. Um, it'd be like, you know, we, we live in Jacksonville. We, we, get a, we hear a lot of talk about Urban Meyer's head and all this and that with the, with the James Robinson and everything. Yeah. And while I won't get too much into that, you can look at the clear production numbers for James Robinson hasn't been a factor because he hasn't played. I feel like it's kind of the same lines for Buffalo. They've fallen in love so much with Josh Allen that they're not giving their other guys a chance. Um, you know, just to, just for an example of how Sean McDermott's got to they've got to call more run plays. You just have to call more run plays, and um, and uh, and it'll help Josh. I think it'll help Josh in the long run because they have no sense of play action either. There's no there's no threat of run unless Josh Allen just drop Josh Allen just drops back and takes off, which he could do. Um, let's get to our quick takes. So, 
Number one, who finishes with the one seed in the AFC? So AFC, I'm definitely seeing, you know, I'm definitely going to New England with confidence. Uh, New England, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, their last four games on the season, uh, it's not super intimidating. Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there's only about one or two teams that could potentially make the playoffs. One of them being the Bills, who we just got done talking about, you know, the threat of them potentially not making the playoffs and not getting their uh, act together offensively. You know, it, it's hard to see that being intimidating to a New England team that's on fire right now. So between that and, you know, three out of those other four games being against non-playoff teams, you got to imagine they'll finish on top of the AFC for sure. Um, I'm going with no confidence, but I'm going <laughs> to say Kansas City hesitantly, but I'm just going to throw out there, I think Tennessee has a chance. Tennessee, man. But um, I want to say Kansas City because their offense, they got Patrick Mahomes, who's still Patrick Mahomes. That offense is finally starting to click. It's starting to get its swagger. Uh, Nick Bolden has really done tremendous work. Uh, M-I-Z. got to make sure you throw that out there. He's done tremendous work as a rookie, leading the all-rookies in tackles, and um, really kind of helped solidify in the middle of the defense. And then now they're making plays. They're finally doing some stuff on the defensive side that they weren't doing at the start of the season, coming together over there. And I think that they're getting the role, and they're the best team in the AFC. They will finish as the one seed. Um, but Tennessee can prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the fighting Derrick Henrys, man. They don't, even have, they don't even have him right now. I mean, hey. Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> that's why I don't trust him. It's Ryan Tannehill. You're right. Excuse me. The fighting Tannehill. Because <laughs> if Tannehill was just, if I just believed in him like the numbers said I should, I would just say Tennessee. But I don't. So Kansas City with zero confidence. Yeah. Um, you can only go based off the history. So, I mean, I guess it adds up. But, uh, so, on the flip side of things, so who is your favorite to make it out of the NFC then? Um, again, zero confidence, Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay, no confidence. I only have confidence because it's a cop-out and Tom Brady's on the team. Um, Tampa Bay, they have Tom Brady. They're the defending champs. I think until somebody knocks them off, they, they're the best team in the NFC. But um, I do believe the most talented team is the Rams. I just can't trust Matthew Stafford to beat two winning teams in a row. That's fair enough. <laughs> no, I mean, initially I was confident. I'm going to go on the, on, on the, in contrast to the to the Tampa Bay talk, because it's hard to really say that Tampa Bay is not probably the best team in the NFC. However, I'm going to go with Green Bay. Now, the only reason I say I'm no longer confident is at first, Green Bay on paper looked great. 10-3, tied for the best record in the NFC anyway. Uh... At first, you look at it and you say, okay, Aaron Rodgers, he's got the offense clicking, everything looks great. But these last four games of the season, not looking too great as well. Because first up, next this upcoming Sunday, they had the Ravens. Now, if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, maybe that's a little bit better. You know, and that's more in their favor. But again, Tyler Huntley came in and, you know, ran the offense pretty much to perfection. Looked pretty good. So, I mean, it's hard to say that they're not going to be good as well. So, they're still technically a playoff team until proven otherwise. Uh, so, that's going to be a tough game. Of course, we talked about the Browns earlier. Never know which Browns team you're going to get, but that's also never an easy game as well with the defense they have on that end. So, that's always going to be tough. Now, the Vikings, in their uh, second to last game, 
again, you never really know what Vikings are going to show up, but, you know, Vikings are pretty talented in some areas, so that could potentially prove to be a bit of a struggle. But don't really see any issues there. And then, of course, they finish off with the Lions, and that's really not in question. So, although, they got their win. They got their win. They got their win. So you never know. You never know. Fighting Jared Goffs. Fighting Jared Goffs, baby. You gotta love it. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely, with slightly less confidence, I'm gonna go with Green Bay, take it in the NFC for sure. I think that I think the Packers are an interesting one. I just don't don't trust that team to make the plays when it all matters. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I see it. I see it. But um, yeah, so let's take a step forward here. So let's have a word from our sponsors and then I hit our last topic of the day. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, we don't have any sponsors again. So uh, if you are interested in supporting Q&A, reach out. Let's get a partnership going, and, uh, you know, let's uh, take this thing to the top. Please. Please. <laughs> Please. If you don't mind. Um, but our last segment is going to be Hardwood Classics. Cover everything that's going around in the association, as I like to call it. Um, I'm going to make this one kind of quick today. But we also have history as we're in the rec- recording booth. So we're going to, of course, talk about Steph Curry first. I want to get on. What's your biggest surprise so far this season overall? Well, definitely congrats to Steph Curry for sure, um, especially in the manner in which he definitely took this record. You know, half the games basically as the previous leader, Ray Allen. So definitely props to him. But uh, biggest uh, surprise for me this season, it's got to be the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, I, for one, have been a big advocate for Cleveland for a long time. I've seen what they're trying to do. Seeing the guys that they put together on this roster, I still don't see a clear identity yet, which is definitely what led to them not being as good as they potentially could be. Of course, with injuries as well, with Colin Sexton missing time, that's going to put a, uh, a speed bump in the road, uh, so to speak, as far as their development is concerned. But, I mean, even with all that, you know, Cleveland has been doing, doing their dang thing, for sure. They're, they're up there. They're uh, technically, if the season ended today, even though it is early, they would be a playoff team. Uh, playing team, but a playoff team nonetheless. So, at the end of the day, with Darius Garland taking those steps in his in his third year now to to really be that guy, that leader, you know, leading the team in scoring, assists, steals, and being that vocal leader on the floor as well as the floor general, you just you, you can't look past what they're doing in Cleveland, and it's just it's been remarkable to watch. They beat some really good teams, and you know, I'm definitely excited to see where they go as far as when this as the season continues. Uh, Cleveland has been a surprise. Um, I don't know if I expected them to be bad, but Evan Mobley's been better than we expected, and Garland finally took that step forward that they needed. The, to me, the biggest surprise so far this season has been the Bulls. I mean, they put together a roster that looked like it would be good, but uh, it, it looks better than I think we all thought. And <laughs> I think it's fast for sure. At least, and I think a lot of it is Demar Derozan. He, yeah. He, we kind of get forget about what he did in Toronto because Kawhi came in and elevated it. And then he went to San Antonio, and he balled at San Antonio. But they didn't make the playoffs. And, you know, San Antonio's the place where not a whole lot of news stories come out of. Right. But um, he's back. He's in Chicago now and averaging 26.4 points a game. So let's just say he's averaging almost 27 points. And Lonzo has been tremendous. Talking about Lonzo, he's averaging five assists a game and shooting 42% from three. Uh, that's all the all the pain that he went through early in his career. It seems like it's finally starting to pay off now. And um, also, too, just to note, he's leading all guards in blocks per game, blocks per game. So 
Still, <laughs> still one heck of a defender. Passes it around at an alarming rate. But he's finally starting to knock down the threes, fix that jumper a little bit to where it's more consistent. Um, the Vucevic thing, getting him, he's averaging 11 rebounds a game. Great pickup right there. And that's just a solid team. I don't know how great they're, they'll be. I don't know if they'll contend with the Bucks and the Nets when it comes to the end. But I don't know. It's I kind of feel like them and the Hornets are in the same spot. They, they, could, they could be the Hawks from last year or they could be the Knicks from last year. Or they could be better. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, no. the, those, those, that's a roster right there. Um, you know, like I said, honorable mention though. Honorable mention: Hornets, definitely, and the Wizards. Those two. I know the Wizards have struggled in the last five games or whatever, but what they did to start the season to kind of put everybody on notice shows that they're not tanking. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to those teams. Um, next up will be. Oh my God. Um, no, but also, too, just to kind of piggyback off of that, I know we've been big advocates for Lonzo as well since he was at UCLA. People were absolutely giving him the worst of, of information. Before you get to it, I just want to say this. Put Jello in the league. Put Jello in the league. I've been saying it since this boy was in high school. Put Jello in he the league. He deserves a shot. He made LeVar, a mistake. LeVar was right. LeVar was right. Okay, as obnoxious as he is, he was right. Them boys can play. They need to be in the league, either on the Hornets or on the Bulls. Put him with his brother so he can ball out. Period. Anyway, <laughs> on the flip side of things, uh, who has the biggest concerns after playing uh, a quarter of the way in the season so far for you? Um, might be a media biased, but the Los Angeles Lakers. And I'm not concerned as in like, Will they make the playoffs, this and that, like some people are. They're going to make the playoffs, and I don't think they'll be in the playing game. I think by the time the season's in, they'll be somewhere between five and seven. Um, so right on the outsides of the playoff game, looking in, or playing game. Um, but this team has some serious issues. They're old. They play old. And um, especially on the defensive end. And they're not that great of a shooting team. They don't shoot it too great from outside. Those numbers have me a little concerned especially in the long run, because they turn the ball over so much. Yes, they play at a very high pace. They're uh, top 10 in pace per game, you know, in the pace category per right. game. But their three-point shooting is in top 10, and their turnovers are bottom of the league. And I'm concerned about both of those in the long term. I feel like it's a lot of pressure on LeBron. Um, like, like that's something new, but he's older. I don't know how, how that body will handle up. And my also biggest concern is, they don't hit enough threes. They don't play enough defense, I think, to stop the teams they need to to do what they're going to be expected to do. If they want to make a run into the postseason, they're going to have to play better defense. They're going to have to be able to run teams off the three-point line or match their threes, and I don't know if they can do that necessarily. Um, and Anthony Davis, to win a title, I think Anthony Davis is going to have to match somebody. He's going to have to match – there's, I think so far in the big moments so far this year, he hasn't shown up enough. I'm not going to say he hasn't shown up at all, but he hasn't shown up right. enough. Um, especially in the one-on-one battles, I think he hasn't been there enough. And he's going to have to be consistent with that. But um, what about you? Well, to keep it, well, honestly, to keep it in the Western Conference, um, the East, of course, is wide open as it normally is. But uh, my biggest concern right now is, is with Portland. I on paper, this roster, I mean, they're just, they they aren't playing to the levels that they could be. They could be so good, but it's 
hard to really even pinpoint exactly where their issues are. I mean, of course, Damian Lillard is struggling with shooting. Um, we've seen that from the start of the season till today as well. Um, but even aside from that, you got CJ averaging over 20 points as well. You got Nurkic averaging a double double. You know, you got Norman Powell bringing in, in good minutes as he normally does. That's why you paid him all the money that he has. So, I mean, it's hard to really pinpoint exactly what the issue even is. But, I mean, Portland, I mean, as a, 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 a perennial contender in the Western Conference, as a top four team, or uh, even as just a, a lower four team between, you know, that five and eight spot. They consistently make it second round Western Conference Finals every year, and it's almost looking like now they've reached that point where everybody's hit their limit. Is it time to disband? Is it time to make some moves, try to shake it up a little bit, or do you stick with what you have and just see if maybe they can figure it out on their own? These are the questions that I have for them. I'm not sure if even their front office is asking these questions, but I have seen them in talks with trying to get a trade for Ben Simmons or you know, trying to shake things up in that regard, but I don't even think if with Ben Simmons on the roster that even changes anything. So I just, there's a lot of concerns coming out of Portland. Um, you know, I'd also be concerned with Damian Lillard as well. Is he happy still? He signed this super max contract, but is it almost as if, you know, we're about to hit a rebuilding point? Is he going to be seeking a trade? Is he going to sit out? Is he going to pull a Anthony Davis or a Kawhi or a James Harden and seek to get traded somewhere while he still has time left in the league? Uh, to be competitive so just a lot of questions not a lot of answers out of portland and hopefully they can get it together because i'm a huge huge portland fan but you know it's just it's it's hard to see them really getting things to the point where they're normally at yeah portland i i don't even know what to say on them so i'm just gonna leave that one there um <laughs> lastly gotta talk about steph curry he just broke the three-point record they got the win tonight over the Knicks as well as a team, so that it, that makes it look better in the history. For sure. Hate to break a record on a losing night. So they made sure they took care of business right there. He gets the win. And I just want to start off by saying right now, Steph Curry is the MVP of the league, right? I mean, he's he's playing at a, he's playing at a level that's not like we haven't seen it before, but we didn't really expect it this way. He's got 40-plus more threes than the next closest person um, he just broke the three-point record, and it just seems like this team's building off of what he's done. And Klay Thompson isn't even back, and they got the best record in the mm-hmm. league. Got the best record, and Klay Thompson's not even here yet. That's, that's just that's ridiculous. Now, we could talk all day about the growth of everybody around him to help, For sure. but still, Steph Curry so far, I, I would say he's the MVP of the league. And I want to say my uh, most memorable moment, because it's not my favorite moment of Steph Curry. But I will never forget what he did to the Oklahoma City Thunder on the primetime game when he pulled up from the logo in Andre Roberson's face. <laughs> and 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 I mean just we're getting double bangs out of out of green uh, and everything. It was green with a double bang, that's a rare sight. And it was I mean, it was as terrible because I'm a Thunder fan. And watching that ball leave his hand and knowing <laughs> it was cash <laughs> was one of the worst feelings in my life. And then all years, bang, bang, never forget that. I, I actually love Steph Curry, but I hate him for that moment. I'll never forget him for that. And when he's done playing and I'm telling my kids how great he is, that is going to be one of the first things I bring up. Because Absolutely. that moment brought me so much pain and it was a regular season game. No, for sure. And I think, you know, another one that's that's just absolutely insane. Uh, earlier before, you know, all the championships and the whole 73-9 and nine season, you know, when this whole train was really getting started, 
one of the most memorable moments with Steph for me was when they're playing the Clippers. It's always when they're playing the Clippers <laughs> um, with CP3 in the game. So, <laughs> that man, you already know, when you came through, hit everybody on the team with three behind the backs, two crossovers, and a twist, spinorama, back to the top of the key. Had Steve Kerr on the sideline almost pulling his hair out. It went wicked. <laughs> it went wicked. Knocked it down. Had everybody in the gym going, oh, Oh, you know, it's just, it's just, it's insane to think that from there, he's already broken his own record for, you know, three pointers in a season, twice. <laughs> so it's like, and only even man, then, only man in history to ever hit four hundred threes in a season, and exactly. he's on pace to hit even more. Exactly, the only person. There's nobody. It's almost like Will scoring hundred points. I don't think anybody's ever going to hit this many threes in the fashion that he does it. Probably ever. I mean, I'm sure maybe down the road somebody might end up being Steph Curry 2.0, but it's hard to say. I mean, with the way he's playing, that that's definitely a long shot. But, you know, can't say anything's impossible. Quote-unquote KG. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta believe it. Well, before we get out of here, we got our last segment. We're going to end every show with this segment. Um, call it the two-minute drill. 60 seconds apiece. Let me get my time up here. And, uh, Quincy, you'll just go first today, so uh, put you on the clock. First. You got 60 seconds. Just tell us what's on your mind. What is on my mind today? Let's see. Um, let's get a little deep. Let's get a little deep. You know, let's talk about just life. Um, when life gets you down, you can't, you can't, you can't give in. You know, I've run into a lot of things lately where, you know, sadness or just rough days kind of hit the wind, and it's almost like life just to kind of expect you to deal with it in a way that you know you're not necessarily accustomed to, but. You know, I've just, I've learned. Happiness, smiles, all day. That, that, that definitely helps you get through. Everyone, keep good people around you. Keep good friends. Enjoy uh, every moment, every breath. And laugh. Definitely laugh. Always laugh. Laughing helps take the pain away. So, that's all. Yeah, just getting deep on it for a minute. But uh, that's the only thing I can think of for the moment. So, yeah, just definitely smiles and laughter. Always. That's if you ever forget. <laughs> Alrighty then. Look, even left yourself a few seconds to spare. I like that. Okay. All right. Well, for me, I just wanted to talk about this podcast in general and um and what like sports mean to me. Um, I've been wanting to do this podcast for forever. I've tried it a few times, and to be able to be home and be able to do it with my my right hand man, um, and just to be able to talk about sports. This is this is very therapeutic, almost to say. Uh, oh, definitely. After everything we've went through with COVID. And all the stuff I just, you know, when me, myself personally, what I've been going through with, with my sports season and everything in my career, just to see it almost all gone now to be able to take steps forward in what I think could be the next phase of my life um, and then be able to do it with one of my favorite people. Uh, it's very therapeutic and something I just, I'm thankful for. And uh, I want everybody to know whether you're celebrating Steph Curry hitting a three-point record or you're just celebrating the fact that you made a, the JV team. Enjoy it because it doesn't last forever, but it is special. And that's what sports does for us. Q, hit us with the quote of the day. Quote of the day. For all you guys out there that struggle with confidence or trying to take that next step in your sports career, a few words that I want you guys to remember, all right? So I want you guys to kind of keep in mind. This is a favorite quote from our favorite guy, William Shakespeare. It goes like this. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. 
some have greatness thrust upon them, right? And what this means to me and what it hopefully can mean to a lot of others is, you know, when it comes to being great, it's not always going to happen overnight. It's not always going to happen naturally. Sometimes you have to work for it. And honestly, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Two for one, baby. KD. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Day, yeah, just, just go for it. Trust your gut. Trust yourself and trust your work. All right, then. Well, thank you for joining us. And share this, please. Share this with your friends, family. Leave comments. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Um, hit us up if you want any sponsorships. Stay patient with us two times a week. I'm AB. That's Q. Thank you for joining us. Peace.